Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Now, I was chatting to Neve. She got in touch with me yesterday on the programme about her experience with endometriosis. It was actually listening to one of these shows that my mum messaged me from Ireland and said that I probably should go to the doctors because it sounded like this. Um, So I actually went to the doctors last July about it um, over here in England and they referred me to the hospital. Um, And then I eventually had, you know, like internal ultrasounds, um, regular ultrasounds, MRI um, scanning and everything like that, as well as normal kind of smear tests. And I got diagnosed this February with um, stage four endometriosis. I I am, Geneva, sorry, I'm I'm just completely like... Just in listening to you there, I mean, you've been living with this for your entire life. Like the idea that you'd be afraid to leave the house, you know, it, when you um, when you had your period for fear that, mm-hmm. like, that you might black out. And 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 it's when your mum was, you know, your parents were just happened to be tuned in and heard yeah. other people telling their stories. And I mean, this is what really spurred on your diagnosis. I mean, like, yeah, definitely. I think it's mad that I've been diagnosed with it to have to research myself to find out what it actually is I think how can you know women or girls go and get the help that they need for the pain that they're suffering with if they don't actually know what it could be um so yeah I think education is the biggest thing and it shouldn't be left up to you know charities there's a lot of charities over here that will do stuff about it which is obviously amazing but it shouldn't be left up to them it should be educated within schools Yeah that was Eve yesterday and there was again the same this morning like more stories and emails coming in people getting in touch with me on Instagram since yesterday's discussion about this uh, Lorraine Clifford Lee is the Fianna Fáil, um spokesperson on health Lorraine do we need a national awareness campaign about endometriosis? Hi Andrea and can I just start by commending you for the prominence that you're giving the topic of endometriosis and to Neve and Ruthann and all the other women who have shared their their stories. It's been very difficult I'm sure for them to do so. And and the women who were before the Oireachtas Health Committee last June and laid bare their, their souls and their very difficult journeys. And it's not good enough that women have to rely on Google to, to get a diagnosis. And that's what I've been hearing from women uh, down through the years on this. And to be honest, we're playing catch up and uh, the, it can't be fixed overnight. Um, and there has been a chronic lack of investment, as we know, in women's health care in this, in, in this country over the years. Um, but Minister Donnelly is the first uh, Minister for Health that has recognised endometriosis as a significant health issue. And uh, a national endometriosis framework is currently being delivered um, or developed, which will set out for the first time a defined clinical care pathway for women with endometriosis and that's going to be implemented this year and I think that will be a significant leap forward because this will be based around the model of care that proposes that women with the symptoms of endometriosis will be treated on the basis of a presumed, presumed diagnosis yeah. and so, I listened to Neve and she, sorry Andrew just in relation to that like she was diagnosed with her irritable bowel sy- mm. uh, syndrome and I've heard of women being diagnosed with depression and you know sometimes these things present similar to uh, endometriosis but with this new care model women who present with these issues will not be treated for IBS or depression they will be first and foremost treated for endometriosis and maybe it might be ruled out at a later stage 
but they won't be sent away with some, some antidepressants or painkillers like they have been well, in I've the past. I've people here, Lorraine, tell me in the show, I mean, that they were basically sat down in front of doctors and told, you're actually making it, you're making it up. They weren't believed. Yes, and uh, I've outrageous. heard stories like that. Yeah, I, I'm absolutely outrageous. But I, I think, you know, the first and foremost, the awareness campaign has to be among uh, general practitioners because that's who people go to when, when they have a health issue. And the Irish College of General Practitioners have been uh, doing a lot of work in relation to this because it's not acceptable and it, it just wasn't on the curriculum at all for years and years. Why is it uh, taking so so long though, Lorraine? Because I mean, like we, we talked this we talked about this at length um about this time last year in the show and I spoke to your, your colleague uh, Lisa Chambers and, and others across the party. Like everybody's on the same page about this and there was great credit given to the health minister for um talking about her launch in the new endometriosis clinic at Tala Hospital in Dublin and we heard all about this new care plan that you've mentioned. But we're a year on and we don't seem to have made any progress. Well, I think we have made some progress. The GPs have training modules now, so GPs can actually be educated themselves in relation to this. And also the GPs are developing a quick reference guide for GPs in conjunction with the Department of Health. And that's similar to the one that they developed in relation to menopause care and the HSE National Clinical Guidelines for Management of Endometriosis is also in development. So things, you know, we're not where we need to be by a long shot, but we're, we're playing catch up on this because no other Minister for Health even considered endometriosis as a serious uh, medical condition. And I think the investment that we've seen in women's health and the, the whole awareness around um, reproductive health care in Ireland has come on leaps and bounds. And then the investment in, into the various strands. But, you know, it, we're not going to see dramatic uh, change overnight and but I think we are in a significantly better place than we were at this time last year. Do we year. have any timeline though when, the, the, I mean the, the, what you talked about there when somebody goes that you go through this, you know, care pathway um, once you receive a diagnosis, do we have any idea of the timeline around when that will be in place? Well it's currently being rolled out uh, around the country and one of the things that I'm going to do as a member of the Committee for Health uh, here in the Oireachtas is seeking an inclusion in our work, uh, our work plan for the year and update from Minister Donnelly in relation to the rollout of this uh, to ensure the prompt delivery right across the country because it's not good enough that women in some parts of the country will receive better care than, than other women. But it is absolutely a priority of the Health Committee, uh, first and foremost, and I know certainly with Minister Donnelly it is as well. We had uh, Endometriosis Association of Ireland in before the Health Committee last June, and you might have seen a clip, uh, actually, of, of me speaking at, at the committee. It went viral at the time because we were just outraged by what we heard uh, from the, the, the witnesses that were before the committee. But I think we will see dramatic improvements uh, over the next couple of years. But it, like with anything... It doesn't happen overnight. But is there no way it can be ex- expedited, though? Because, like, I mean, you know, like I, like Neve yesterday told her story, and and her diagnosis after years, as she says, of misdiagnosis and been told she di- she diabetes was the fact that her parents heard the discussion here on the show last year, contacted her and said, "I think it sounds like you have what that girl's talking about on News Talk," and then she went to the UK and got the diagnosis. 
She's just bananas. Yeah, sister. well, I think she was living in the UK for a number of years. I, I think that's that, that's what she said. And her, her parents heard the discussion uh, on your show. And like I said, you're to be commended for, for raising awareness. And I think we need to, to get that message across that women need to talk about reproductive health and talk about what's but normal it, yeah, and but, what's but, but in the meantime, in the meantime, for, for the people that have, will say, sent in emails to me and contacted me again last night on Instagram and that are in agony and that are, you know, at home today because they can't go into work. Sure, singer Ruth Ann was here last week. She was in bed for two days. Couldn't go to work. Uh, we're living with her endometriosis. Like, what changes for them or when will something change for them? Well, we have the, the five menopause, or sorry, the endometriosis hubs around the country and the specialist clinics in Tala and Cork are being set up currently. When you're developing a specialist care pathway, it can't be done overnight, but significant progress has been made. And I'm sure with the awareness that's there and the modules for GPs to upskill and educate themselves in this area, I'm sure if a, if a, a girl or a woman goes into their GP today, they won't be fobbed off like would have happened 10 years ago or even five years ago, Andrea, to be honest. I'm sure that now GPs are educated first and foremost and know where where to send people. Just just finally, because the, the point was mentioned to me yesterday by some of the listeners, and maybe, maybe this isn't the right thing to do, but is it worth having some sort of... Um, campaign, whether that be, you know, by way of televised or radio or media or in school workshops or like, is it worth having that level of a campaign and actually talking to the people that are affected, like target it at the people who are impacted by it? We need to increase our education across the whole area of reproductive health and that starts within schools and young girls and boys are are learning at, at you know, secondary school level about reproductive care and and what what is right and what is wrong and what you should expect. And that's first and foremost the, the most important thing. Secondly, I think the raising of awareness among the, the GP community and among the medical community is very, very important. And I think certainly uh, then beyond that, uh, a public awareness campaign. But I think we need to have a full range of support and awareness within the medical community first uh, so that when girls and women go to their GPs first and foremost that the full range of supports are in place. the way times to get into a consultant as well is the big issue. This is part of the problem. Yeah. Well, that's something that's been worked on as well and especially with the, the two regional uh, hubs, the, the one in Cork and the one in Tala, that people who will need that and not every woman that has endometriosis will need that. A very small number will. A lot of them will be able to to get the care they need with their GP or else with the, uh, within the five regional hubs. But a very small number will uh, require treatment within Cork or Tala and there should be a fast track there for them to, if they have uh, like needs, stage four endometriosis, they need to be fast tracked into these folks. And I think that's what we're going to see rolled out. Yeah, I suppose it's it's the time is you know the timeline as to when that's going to happen. I don't think anyone is is necessarily critical of what the plan is, but it seems to be the time that it's taken is the issue for a lot of the listeners today. This texture here says, "I yeah. went." Go on ahead, Lorraine. In fairness, uh, in fairness, I think Minister Donnelly has prioritised women's healthcare and reproductive healthcare, and he's moved very, very quickly in relation to it. He's in the job three years. Uh, but this is a priority of mine and a priority of a lot of my colleagues. And we're going to keep on it. We're not going to sit back and, and let this 
drag out. And I, I, in fairness, I know, but we're, 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 we're a year on, though. Like, I mean, it's this time last year we heard about this plan. We're a year on, and we, you know, oh, and, and much of it has been implemented. Well, Most of it has they're been still telling telling me here now as I'm talking to you in WhatsApp that there's, there's still wait times to get into consultants. So. I, I don't know. Um, this listener says the GPs, are they expecting GPs who are already snowed under to deal with this? At what point will women actually get to see a consultant and get a definitive diagnosis? Another listener, I went to Greece last year for surgery after five years of being passed from pillar to post in Ireland and been offered um, a hysterectomy multiple times. It won't treat endometriosis. I contacted my Irish consultant to outline the findings post-surgery. He got back to me to say he hoped that, th- that there would be greater awareness in the Irish health system, but he didn't think any of his colleagues had any interest in pursuing the area. Anyone with the condition needs to go abroad for effective and prompt treatment, says this listener. Keith, from coming in to me. 087-1400-106 is the WhatsApp number. We leave it there for the moment. Senator, um, Fianna Fáil Senator and the party's spokesperson on health, that is Lorraine Clifford-Lee. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. I was chatting in the first part of the programme today to um, Fianna Fáil Senator Lorraine Clifford-Lee. She's their spokesperson on health. And we were talking to her about endometriosis and whether or not we need a national endometriosis awareness campaign and of course this follows off the back of Neve, another listener who shared her story on the programme yesterday and last week we had singer-songwriter from Dublin Ruth Ann talking about her experience with endometriosis. Diren is with me, Diren Barrett, because Diren, you were listening to Neve about this yesterday. Um, tell me your experience with endometriosis. Hi Andrea, thank you so much for inviting me on. Um, So my journey with endometriosis started when I was about, I suppose, 12. Um, However, there was absolutely no information back in 1991 about endometriosis. Um, I didn't get a diagnosis until I was 26 years of age in 2005. Um, And again, very little information available. I was basically told, um, do you want to have babies? If so, you've about seven years because you've got severe spread of endometriosis. So you're 12, sorry, diagnosed at 26 and you're getting yeah. getting that news at 26 and you're seven years to have kids and that's it. Yeah. And what's and going through what your was, head when you hear that? That's what I was left, left out of the hospital with. Like, yeah. Um, it took a long time, probably until about 2011 when I when I looked at setting up a, um, a service because I literally had to find out for myself what the condition was with very little access to information. Um, we were told not to look at Dr. Google, but where else were we to find it when we had so much um I suppose, trust in the medical system where when you go to the doctor, you expect that the doctor, what they're telling you is um, written in stone. Now, I have to say I'm very blessed. I have the most amazing GP. He's known me since I was that young. And even though he didn't have a huge amount of access to information about endometriosis, he never dismissed me once in all the years and always pushed for tests. So you got the tests, you got the diagnosis, albeit 14 years after you first presented. Mm-hmm. And where'd you go from there, Dern? Absolutely around in circles until I had my first excision surgery in 2022. And then literally within weeks after that, 
I got on the train from Kerry because I wasn't able to drive after such major surgery. And I went to the Irish premiere of Below the Belt, which is co-produced by Hillary Clinton and Shannon Cohn. And it was being hosted by Kathleen King in Dublin in the um, the cinema uh, down in Temple Bar. And I sat in that room with, with a room full, I'm getting emotional even thinking of a, a room full of women who were learning on the big screen the correct terminology of endometriosis and what it is, and that it is not a gynecology disease. It's a chronic systemic inflammatory disease that spreads to the organs and just happen to attach to gynecology organs because we're women. And that's the, the like that's when you, you really got, I suppose, a lot of the information initially yeah. about and it, it during, was yeah. Very, very overwhelming. Yeah. The, just tell us about the impact that this has had on you, though, you know, throughout your life, like the day to day effect of this. So hugely impacted. And for like nearly 15 years, I didn't realise that there was any link to to endometriosis because obviously I was being told differently. Um, my mental health suffered because my oestrogen levels were dropping in my 20s. Um, I was put into medical menopause twice before I was even 30. I had ablation surgeries, which aren't the proven uh, route to treatment. Excision is the gold standard. I didn't get access to excision surgery until 2022. I had to travel to Dublin, go privately. I didn't have full cover on my private health insurance yet, so the surgery cost 20000 Euros. I've spent right. so much money over the years on medical appointments because the treatment isn't available to women in Ireland ex- easily and accessibly. I've borrowed money from the credit union, from banks. I've borrowed money from my parents and I'm the pri- primary income provider. I'm very blessed. I have a son. He's 21 now. But I had to give up my career. I was a qualified um, interior designer and estate agent. I had to give it up. I could not work um, in 2011. So I looked at opportunities to bring in an income because I knew I couldn't commit to an employer. Um, So I literally went down the route of local enterprise boards and started researching how can I provide a service to women like me. So I basically had to learn on my own. You know, um, found a huge community online, but the same story mm. from every woman is that where are we getting our correct information from? And there's so much misinformation in the places that we're meant to trust. The when you say that you know you had to give up your your career, do, do you mean because there were just days there and you you couldn't commit to to going in? I mean, you wouldn't be physically able. Couldn't work. Thought I had a breakdown at thirty like was convinced for years that I'd had a breakdown only that my GP told me you haven't had a breakdown but we need to get to the bottom of these symptoms Um, my mental health was just constantly challenged because my oestrogen levels so it's an oestrogen dominant disease so my ovaries would have been diseased since I was probably 14 so they weren't functioning properly so the oestrogen levels were never balanced um like menopause uh symptoms that were not thought are until you're between 45 and 51 i was experiencing them in my 20s um just couldn't function like couldn't keep it couldn't keep going to work um i was very lucky i worked with my parents 
because there were days where my menstrual cycle was like a murder scene. I'd have to literally go home from the office, change my clothes, or I'd have to lie down in the sofa in my father's office and just try and have a 20 minute nap and get back back to it. My God, Darren, like it's, you know, it's just, it's really incredible that like you, you are one of so many stories that I have heard like this over the past year. And, you know, I, I know Lorraine Clifford Lee was with us a little earlier and she was talking about the services that are now being put in place. And we've this framework around women's health and, and, and a care plan. And But like, there has to be people still out there like you right now. That are this lunchtime probably lying on a couch. Yeah, there's 155,000 of us diagnosed in Ireland. The WHO state that it's one in nine. So if it's one in nine, that brings us closer to 600,000 women in Ireland. That's more women with endometriosis than people living with diabetes, yet we have no support system. So you go to the GP and you just happen to get a GP that does not gaslight you and dismiss you and minimise your reality. Then you're past you're you're put into the system. So this is private and public. I mean, I am so blessed to have parents who are supportive. I have legal advisors that have helped me at times. And I've had political involvement to get me MRIs when I've been refused it inside the hospital. My son is 21 now. But when he was very, very young, like 14 onwards, he was travelling in ambulances with me explaining to paramedics what endometriosis is. You know, this is the reality for me and all these other women in Ireland. And the issue with it's great that, you know, you had the senator on today, but there is no Department of Health Health representative engaging with patients. They're not talking to the patients and hearing the real stories. They're talking to the medical society that is still misogynistic and out of date. And they need to start actually involving patients and hearing their stories. Like I spoke to your, um, I think it was your producer earlier, and I explained that because I'm self-employed since 2011, I did not qualify for any assistance from the state until 2018 Mm. and that was with legal intervention because the law didn't change until 2019 that you could actually get social welfare assistance and because if you were out of work because of endometriosis because yeah well self-employed you're self-employed is more the rules yeah yeah i was told in a social welfare office to deregister my business so that i could go on a self go on a social welfare payment and I stood there and said are you actually listening to yourself so I um, went every route to get it and finally I got assistance in 2018 but it took 18 months so I'm the primary income provider paying rent at this point not working trying to provide for my son and borrowing left left, right and centre off people who was helping put oil in the tank you know, bring shopping up to me so that I could pay the rent. And this is the reality. These are the stories. It's not just my story because I went online in 2015 to try and see where there are other women out there. And I am getting like the amount of women that come to me is incredible. And I'm not even trained. I'm doing this out of the, you know, the goodness of my heart and giving back. Lived experience, Darren. Yeah. Yeah. So the financial strain of all of this, I mean, has been huge on you over the years. 
it's been huge and I set up a business in 2011 and in 2014 I got approached by investors to invest into the business. The investors thought I was hiding a pregnancy because I have what's called endobelly and we had to pull out of that investment and I went on to have more scans done to find out that I had an incredible severe spread of the disease that incurred another seven years of surgeries and because I wasn't working my savings are so low that I can't get a bank loan for my business so there's so many areas that that the government need to sit down and talk to the patients and see what supports can we put in place for you because it's like it's across the board now. T- take a listen to um, Lorraine Clifford Lee, the Fianna Fáil spokesperson for health. She was she was with me here, Darren, in, in the first hour of the show today, you know, and, and she was talking to me about um, getting more help for people like you and Neve yesterday with endometriosis. There should be a fast track there for them to, if they have uh, like needs stage four endometriosis, they need to be fast tracked into these folks. And I think that's what we're going to see rolled out yeah, I suppose it's it's the time is you know the timeline as to when that's going to happen. I don't think anyone is is necessarily critical of what the plan is, but it seems to be the time that it's taken is the issue for a lot of the listeners today. This texture here says, "I yeah. went, go on ahead." Yeah, in fairness, uh, in fairness, I think Minister Donnelly has prioritised women's healthcare and reproductive healthcare, and he's moved very very quickly in relation to it. He's in the job three years, uh, but this is a priority of mine and a priority of a lot of my colleagues, and we're going to keep on it. We're not going to sit back and, and let this drag out and I, I, in fairness I know, but we're, 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 we're a year on though like I mean it's this time last year we heard about this plan we're a year on and we, we, you know oh, and, and much of it has been implemented Do you think it's being prioritised Erin? So in March um, when Stephen Donnelly announced that uh, he's you know that he's invested all this money and that all these hopes are going to be opened. I got a phone call from my local radio station inviting me on to speak about it. And I said, should I be the one speaking about it? I'm not a medical professional. And they said, because they're so supportive of me and they know my journey. They said, no, you're the ideal person to come in and speak about it. And the question that I asked at the time live on radio was, could he please give a comment about when he plans to roll this out because that comment has not been made by the Department of Health yet and I was at an event in June in Cork um, hosted by UCC and there was a decision maker on that framework present that day and now she was fantastic she listened to all the patients in the room and she said that it could take five to ten years to roll out the training that is too long do we need some kind of a national awareness campaign about this? I mean, in the public, I'm not talking about, you know, the um, information for GPs and consultants, but like that the that the teenagers of Ireland who were 12 and 13 and the women that are now dealing and going to be diagnosed with endometriosis this year. Do we need a campaign targeted at them to tell them what Absolutely. to look out for? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know a girl through the um, community, Paula Byrne, who's up in Leash, and she has actually taken this upon herself and she is travelling from school to school and she's teaching um, girls and guys about the symptoms to look out for. And she's taken that upon herself. Now, you know... Which is absolutely incredible. Yeah, but we and probably like need something take... more than, you know, the, the goodwill, as you say, of, of Paula and, and yourself and others, you know, and, and people taking it uh, upon themselves. Like if there's, what, one in nine? Was that the, the stat you mentioned? 
One in nine is what the WHO have said. Now, there's a study that was just done in Australia, and in Australia, the research has shown that it's one in seven Australians. It's 1.9 million in the UK. You're bringing a retreat to Ireland next year. Is that right, Darren, about this? Just just briefly explain that to me. I am. So I'm hosting um, an endometriosis-inspired women's health retreat in my hometown in Tralee County Kerry in March, and it's March is Endometriosis Awareness Month. And after I got to see Below the Belt last year, I looked at different um, opportunities to create awareness in my hometown. So I've been licensed the screening of Below the Belt, um, which I'll be showing to the public on the Friday evening. And then on Saturday and Sunday, it's going to be a retreat for women who have been suffering with this disease that they're going to literally be taken care of inside a beautiful hotel, Ballygarry Estate in Tralee. And we're just going to have TLC weekend of, you know, what we deserve. I have okay. Ground Wellbeing, um, which is Pedjean Crowley's yes, brand. Yeah. She's going to come and do a workshop with us. She's working with me at the moment okay. on, on doing an endometriosis-inspired right, treatment. Yeah. Um, and it's basically just to create awareness. Awareness. A listener here says, I had stage four endometriosis for years. It was incredibly um, debilitating. I had four keyhole surgeries, which helped. Finally, the thing that helped the most was having the IUD coil inserted. It was life-changing. Maybe that could help others. Just a thought. Uh, more and more stories here. Now, this listener, I'm 41, 37. I had a hysterectomy, bowel um, resection, a bilateral reimplantation, had years of horrific pain and symptoms, all because of endometriosis. I I actually had my surgery in Sydney because I was living there at the time. Because that I was in double digits and how many surgeries and procedures I'd had both in Ireland and Sydney, uh, I was told at 18 by my GP that having a baby would cure my symptoms. It was such a horrible disease and a hysterectomy doesn't cure endometriosis. It has improved my life significantly. If I ever need surgery again, I'm going back to Sydney to the best endometriosis specialist in my eyes. I've never had children after numerous IVF attempts endometriosis ruins lives says this listener another texter diagnosed a few months after I had my first child I had a cyst removed and was told that I wouldn't be able to have any more kids and I should be happy I'd won I was 28 I'd never had serious pe- uh, pain or heavy periods when I was younger I was prescribed HRT tablets which I didn't take went on to three more kids now I went two weeks over on each never went into natural labour very stressful um, births and haemorrhages as well had a blood transfusion months after the fourth baby I nearly died had um, an abrasion as well an endometrial abrasion tubes tied never had a period since now 52 my daughters suffer very bad as well and I'm now extremely anxious for them. Just the stories coming in right now as we're talking to Darren today. Darren, listen, thank you for getting in touch uh, and sharing your experience with us. That is Darren Barrett. Lunchtime live at Newstalk.com is the email address, as always, if you want to get in touch with us. Lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.